0: back to podcast. I'm Cass and every week I bring you another guest who tells us their story and gives us any tips to combat the shit that life loves to throw our way. This week, I've been thinking about my health and that of you, my dear listeners. I've recently been struggling with my health. In fact, not just recently, but over the years. But Although I kept going back and asking my doctor, I never got answers until a few weeks ago. There's been times over the years that I've wondered if I'm a hypochondriac or if I'm imagining it. And because I didn't have the answers, I couldn't ask for help and I couldn't get support of my loved ones or people that I worked with because how are you supposed to support something that you don't know you have? My guest this week is someone who helps mums like me find their own unique way to a healthy, happy lifestyle. He's worked in the medical field, and he wasn't keen on just treating people. He wanted to actually help them. So, my guest this week is the very amazing Mattie Lansdowne. Hello!
1: Hey Cass, how are you?
0: Oh, I am so excited for this conversation. We've just been chatting and I am so stoked to talk about everything that we've just been thinking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think think we could have just ended up talking for hours before we even hit record.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, uh, to be honest, I kind of wish that I'd press record beforehand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that. It's like when I go to restaurants too and catch up with friends, it's like the waiter comes around like five times. Have you looked at the menu yet? Oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm talking about stuff.
0: hey <laughs> you what, you, you'd get what you recommend. It's fine. Hard to see it. It's yeah.
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
0: So you have got a wide range of different careers and mm-hmm. you've used all of the expertise to help others. You have been a scientist, a nutritionist, mm-hmm. a health coach. You're a podcast host of how to, How not to get sick and die, which I think everybody needs to listen to because I don't think any of us wants to get sick and die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally. You,
0: you've worked in cancer hospitals. You've worked everywhere, really, haven't you?
1: <laughs> well, you know, a few places, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you want to tell my listeners what it is that you learned from all your different careers and how you now use that knowledge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess uh, I sort of, when I was really young, I grew up in the countryside. My mum was a nurse um, and I used to go to the hospital with my mum. And so not as like daycare, like there wasn't a daycare center there. I literally <laughs> ran around the ward. Um, and so... That's important because from a young age, I was so impressed by medicine and the hospital and I thought it was super amazing and I had all these great experiences there as a little kid, just like chatting to sick, old, dying people basically and learning yeah. all these random things about life. Um, and then I grew up and uh, yeah, moved to the city, moved to Melbourne in Australia and um, basically did my study and research and that type of thing. And so, through that process, I guess I got really interested um, in just the human body in general, um, and still being really, really passionate about medicine and that type of thing, which uh, you know, I got my degree and then went and worked in a, a number of different careers. Um, and so I started off actually in vaccine formulation was my first job, um, which, was, which was just a short-term contract, but I learned a lot. And then I moved to a nutritional epigenetics company, which worked with elite athletes. And that's ba- they were basically creating um, powders like protein powders, carb powders, um, basically based on somebody's genetic to get the absolute absolute most out of a particular oh, wow. like, athlete's genome. Yeah, um, that, that was super cool. And then from there, yeah, I went into the cancer hospital, which was probably my longest job, which was about seven, seven years I was there. Um, and during my time at the cancer hospital, I basically just wanted to really understand cancer. And so in the beginning of my time there, I literally went to the World Health Organization website, typed in cancer and um, page one of their cancer spiel. Literally, sentence one says, 90 to 95% of cancers are diet, lifestyle, and tobacco. And so, <laughs> this is like six months into the seven years. And I was like, why, does, why don't we do diet and lifestyle at the hospital then? And I literally yeah. asked my professor that, right? Um, I said, like, why don't we do this? And he laughed at me and just said, oh, Maddie, if it was that easy, we would have fixed it years ago. Um, <sighs>
0: that doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> I know the World Health Organization is saying this, and yet all hospitals are governed by the World Health Organization, right? So there's a disconnect. Um, so from there, I was like, "Yeah, there's there's a disconnect here. I need to figure it out." So I went on my own research journey, kind of outside of my job. as yeah. I was a part of a research team, and I just kind of went down the rabbit hole of you know the history of the pharmaceutical industry and the Western medical industry because I found it really interesting too that. We call like alternative medicine things like Chinese medicine and Indian medicine, like which is yeah. Ayurveda, and they're like thousands and thousands of years old. Chinese medicine, ten thousand years old. Ayurveda, six and a half thousand. Australian Aboriginal medicine, twenty thousand plus years of history. And then we have Western medicine which is meant to be mainstream medicine and not alternative, that's only 150 years old, right? And so, I was like really confused by that. And I went down the rabbit hole and I just learned lots of really uncomfortable truths about the capitalist nature. You know, it's all all a business. Um, And yes, many people get helped, but what the business didn't predict was, um, or maybe it did predict, but was that the pill for an ill model, it used to be like, you know, you get you get sick, you go and get a, a pill and that problem's solved, right? Yeah. And so, what they've done in the last 50 years is chronic disease has come up, which is like disease that you've got every single day. You don't just take a pill and it's gone. You've yeah. got it for years or decades or, you know, in some cases, your whole life. And they're still giving people pills to try and be like to that same thinking, the pill for an ill. Yeah. Um, and, and so... We haven't actually gone to the cause and I realized that at work. I was like, nobody nobody talks about the cause of disease. Whenever we're, in, we're analyzing people's deaths or whenever we're looking at a group of people that are sick, we're never asking, why do they have cancer? We're always just yeah. saying, which drugs do we treat it with?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so, uh, along that journey, I got really passionate about realizing that the cause is actually, yeah, nutrition, the, the things we put in our body. Um, and so, I, I became a nutritionist at that point and I started doing... Lectures and events all over the world. I spoke at conferences and retreats in different countries. And what I realized was that everybody already knew what to eat. I never met anyone that didn't but know that they, they so should make good food.
0: In supermarkets, you go and you've yeah. got every intention of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. And they're the most expensive.
1: Yes, all the totally. ready meals
0: and the crap are cheaper and easier to do than it is for a healthy meal.
1: Yeah. And, and the, the question is why, right? Mm-hmm. Because those ready meals, they, they had to have staff employed. They had to have technology and robots paid for. Like, if you think about it, it's like, well, technically, if all the food originally comes from a farm, right? Yeah. But the ready made food then goes to a factory to get yeah. created and processed. So, technically, if you think about it, there should be way more costs Exactly. in, in that process. But, but then, unfortunately- if you think about it, because we were
0: talking about the mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies and how. Yep. It's all about treating, not curing, because where's mm-hmm. the you know, where's the profits in curing? Yeah. And ready meals aren't as good for you as proper nutritious meals. Yeah. So make them cheaper. People get ill, they need pharmaceuticals.
1: Totally, yeah. Well, and and that's that's often the way that that it's seen and looked at is that you know the the there's two tr- in America, for instance, there's two trillion dollar industries, right? Or yep. two two uh, like, and one of them is the fast food industry, and the other one is the pharmaceutical industry. One feeds the other. But yeah. the other thing is the other problem is with government, right? Mm-hmm. All of the governments in the Western world basically give um, financial subsidies to farmers that produce the crops that then go to make these terrible. Foods foods, yeah. like, like your, yeah, your ready-made meals, like all of the grain, the bread, the corn, which makes you know high fructose corn syrup, which adds sugar to absolutely everything, which is destructive to our bodies. Yeah. So like, yeah, the whole financial incentive thing for farmers, like they're playing a rigged game basically, and they don't really yeah. have a choice.
0: Cool. They don't get paid as much to provide just normal generic fruit and veg, yeah.
1: you yeah. know. Which and- is why they have to charge so much for it.
0: And then it's like this whole organic thing. It's so much more mm-hmm. expensive to get organic vegetables and fruit than it is to mm-hmm. just get normal organic, uh, normal fruit and veg.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, it totally is. And, and, that, well, and that makes sense a little bit because like with organic, you're using less chemicals and so... It's it's not not no chemicals, but less chemicals. So those farmers produce less food. um, So you know, and and they have less um, predictability over the food that they do produce. Whereas the the farms that are using all of the chemicals can say everything will grow on this day at this time. You know, and they'll be about this size, and they can really really predict that, so they can sell them cheaper.
0: Yeah, I mean we've had. Ovary. I don't know how, what it's like in Australia, but we have like the wonky food, uh, the wonky veg boxes and it's yep. all the not beautiful fruit and veg. It's yeah,
1: like, yeah. <laughs> really?
0: You're going to cut it up in any case.
1: So yeah, what's totally. the matter if
0: it doesn't look like the rest of them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we've got the same thing here. Um, like, And I always go for that food because there's actually a theory in nutrition that um, any food, like the food itself, if the plant If it's deformed or it's got some marks on it, that potentially means that that food had to use its immune system and yeah. so if you ate a plant or, you know, an animal or whatever that had to use their immune system, it's possible that it's actually a healthier piece of food um, yeah. because they've got all of their, you know, immune factors present, which you might benefit from. So it's, a, it's a still a theory, but yeah. um, I always go for the deformed food. Well,
0: it's, it's like if you go for one that's been genetically modified to grow a certain height, certain width, mm-hmm. well, you've basically had something from a lab Basically, whereas if you've had something wonky and -hmm. not perfect, that's pretty much a wild thing.
1: And totally
0: like we were talking about the alternative medicine, like back in the olden days, used to be the wise woman and she would have all these herbs and plants that she could use to help you. That's now classed as alternative medicine, but it's like, well, no, not really.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. The other, the other thing I would say is that like even though big pharmaceutical companies and whatever aren't really helping us fix the core problem, like there's still like they've done so much amazing things for yeah. for like research, diagnosis, understanding what's really going on with the body. The problem is at the end where they go, Oh, let's just let's just put a band-aid over it. We won't yeah. fix it. We'll just put a Band-Aid over it. But all the information you collect up until that point is phenomenal because yeah. you can actually take that information to a nutritionist or a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor um, and you can get actually like holistic treatment about what caused the problem, which yeah. might be sugar diets, which might be really stressful lives, which might be you know toxins or mold at home that you're breathing in. Um, so, yeah, medicine still provides a great platform. And I also think... As much as I like to beat up on Western medicine, um, like I think it's a really good. It, it should be used in chronic disease settings like cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, that kind of stuff. It should really be used as a like as a stepping stone to help people get back on their feet, and yeah. then from there we train them how to eat, how to behave, how to manage their stress, all of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think we also need to build trust with our doctors again. And I know yeah. me and you was talking about it. Um, I've been to my doctor for. Different issues, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just kept getting told, "No, you're fine," even though mm-hmm. I knew myself I wasn't fine, and I felt like I couldn't go back because I was just going to get labelled as a hypochondriac, mm-hmm. which I don't want to be called that because I don't want to be taking medicines for the rest of my life. I don't want to have anything wrong with me, mm-hmm. but in myself, I know there was something wrong. Yeah, how do we stop these doctors from going? No, you're fine because there's no red flag. You're not dying. You might just be a little bit under the weather. You're fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a good question. And I think that, like, you know, the internet's been good and bad for so many reasons. But one of the good things about the internet is that because um, us everyday people, patients are becoming so much more informed about. The body. And like these days, you can sit in front of someone that basically has a biochemistry degree from YouTube that knows so much stuff about like what's going on in their own body. And I think that is kind of slowly forcing doctors to realize they're not the gods that we once thought that they were, yeah. um, which doesn't, doesn't mean that they shouldn't be respected and that, you know, they don't have amazing knowledge. But I think because we used to think like, yeah, they're highly paid and everybody in society thinks they're like, it's a really prestigious job to work in. I think the important thing now is it's like, oh, that's just one way of looking at the problem. And it's a very narrow way of looking at the problem often. Um, And, it's a very useful bit of information to collect, and you know I definitely want to hear if I have, if I have a disease, I definitely want the doctor's input. But I'm also going to get the input of you know a dietitian and nutritionist. I'm also going to get the input of maybe a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. Yeah, and I'm going to come at it from all of these different angles because I'm a human and I'm dynamic, and it's not just one thing. Like it's it's but it's all it's we're a combination. We are all unique. Yeah. We are
0: all unique. So why would one remedy fit all? Totally. By getting all the different varieties of answers, we can figure out which one suits us best. And um, I know when we first started talking, I was telling you Mm -hmm. about someone that I know who had a thyroid problem. And Mm -hmm. they'd been taking medicine in the morning, just like the doctor told them. They wasn't allowed to eat for an hour. They was lethargic. They had no energy. And they was miserable about it. Mm -hmm. And then I saw a TikTok just out of the blue. And this woman was like, why would you eat it? Well, why would you take the pill in the morning and only give yourself so long to absorb it? Why not take it on a night time when you're just about to go to sleep? Because you've got hours and hours and hours of not putting anything into your body where mm-hmm. you can absorb it without interruption. So I said this information along. I said, listen, I'm not a doctor. This is just what I've heard. I don't know if you want to try it. They tried it and it made such a difference.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: And that was just a quick video off of TikTok giving a different way to do something to what mm-hmm. the doctors had prescribed. Now, that yep. the medicine is what's helping that person. Yeah. But the way that the doctor prescribed it doesn't fit all.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And, and I guess as well, like... To be fair to doctors, like they're also controlled by a system. Like, yeah. you know, you go to a doctor's clinic, even if it's a private doctor's clinic, he's not in charge of how he has to prescribe. The yeah. like in England, it'll be the NHS, right? Yeah. They have they they would dictate the rules. And here in Australia, we have Medicare. And so, if even if doctors request too many nutrition panels, they'll get a call and say, Hey, basically, we're watching you. And That's we so you. wrong. It's so wrong and it happens, it'll happen in England too. And so, yeah. even though, again, we look up to these doctors as like prestigious, they're just employees, they're stuck in a system that they can't change. I mean, we they could change it. We all could change it. You know, it's like everybody's 1% of the solution type yeah. thing. But just like everywhere else and everybody else, they've got mortgages, they've got kids to feed. And so, just like we saw in the last couple of years with you know how the world unfolded, Every everyone that maybe felt like it wasn't right in the medical system, or things were not, didn't feel like they made much sense. Everyone stayed quiet. Not everyone, but almost yeah. everybody stayed quiet because they have bills to pay. They're just yeah. employees. They, they're really smart in one particular area, but guess what? So are you. You yeah. know. Um, and so I think yeah, we've got to remember that they're controlled by a pharmaceutical system and a government system that limits their ability to help as well.
0: And this is where it's so hard to fathom is that it's the people at the top of these orders that Mm -hmm. are stopping the rest of us from being as healthy as we can be.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And it is so wrong, but there's people like yourself who have gone out, you've done your research, you've worked them jobs and you've (laughs) said, you know what? This is just not right. I don't want to be a part of that. I do Mm -hmm. want to help people. And your website, I I absolutely love it because... (laughs) you really advocate for mums. I love that there was one piece that you wrote about to give the, a healthy generation. You have to focus on mom mm. because if mom is running herself ragged, well, what kind of example is that giving to the child?
1: Yeah. And totally.
0: I was like brainwave. I, why did I not think of that? I'm there trying to make <laughs> sure he, my son's eating healthy and I'm trying to make sure he's, you know, safe and He's got everything that he needs to grow up nice and strong. But I'm running myself ragged Mm. being like, oh, I'll get a meal in a minute when I don't need somebody chatting to me two minutes into it. (laughs) I want to find a time where I can sit down and eat or drink something in peace. And it never happens because I'm a (laughs) mum.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Well, and I think, yeah, like... That's a symptom of like this modern era where you know mums and women are expected to be everything to everyone um, and the reality is that it, you're just teaching your children how to behave as adults you might yeah. be able to force them for the first 15 years to eat a particular way or do behaviors that you think they should do but the the minute they become independent adults at 18 19 20 whatever it is, what they do is they default as young adults and think, how do I look after myself when I'm yep. in charge of looking after myself? The only example for how to look after myself is most often mum, mum and yep. dad or mum or dad, you know, or whoever you lived with when you were growing up. And so it's like, yeah, we forced them to grow up big and strong for the first 15 years, but then we've just trained them to live the final 60 terribly. Yep.
0: yep. It's like, I remember when I was growing up, My mum, bless her, she tried her hardest. She wouldn't let us go to McDonald's unless it was a special occasion. And I became a teenager and I started being allowed to go. And every weekend it was McDonald's because I was Mm -hmm. rebelling. It was, well, I wasn't allowed to go there unless it was a special occasion. So now I'm just going to overboard on it. (laughs) And then I put on the weight, which is not Mm -hmm. surprising. So thinking about that, I've been very, my son can have, you know, We can have a pizza night. That's fine. But nine times out of 10, he eats healthy. And he's been doing very well with his healthy choices. He will now pick them even when he's not told to. Mm -hmm.
1: He chooses
0: to do that, which I'm kind of hoping that's the way he's going to stay for the rest of his life. But you never know.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But in the beginning, instead of having these packaged meals that were for babies and for weaning children, I would get and um, fruit and veg and I would blend them down and I'd make my own little meals for him using just mm-hmm. fruit and veg and yeah. he got used to all them textures and all them flavors so by the time he became a kid he couldn't do the I don't like it yeah he'd enjoy it
1: <laughs> that's great I love that you did that and I, th- I think more mums should should follow suit but again like, if we keep moving forward with this world where you know mums and women uh, are forced to compete um, with like just the internet, basically, like we're all yeah. following like a million people and thinking I'm not good enough. I'm not yeah. as good as this mum on Instagram. Yeah. Or like if we, the more input we get that tells us we're failing, we're not doing well in every area of life: your fitness, your health, your you know your motherhood, that type of thing. Every message we get in with that, we'll, we'll find a way to either soothe ourselves with food or punish ourselves with food. Yeah. So I think a big part of it is actually separating ourselves or having boundaries around social media and our phone and Netflix and all of those kinds of things, because it makes us really desperate for something. And we go to the quickest thing, the easiest thing, which is often chocolate, wine, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So I think there's a combination of, yes, eating well, but we also have this kind of addiction to it to these, these feelings that they, those things give us, which is essentially a dopamine addiction, which is our happy hormone.
0: And I know on your website, you wrote about you love to do like nature walks. So you just like to go out and your bare feet, feel the grass.
1: Yep. Every just day. <laughs>
0: ground yourself. And instead of having these, you're going on social media and you, you're looking for someone to like what you've wrote. Yeah. You're actually self-accepting how you're feeling right now. You're feeling everything and You're getting so many different sensations Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't get if you were just sat on the sofa scrolling.
1: Totally, totally. But I guess it's like we have to acknowledge, and for everybody listening, like you have to have a moment where you acknowledge, okay, I think I'm probably addicted to Instagram or my phone or whatever. So I think you've got to be aware that that's happening first before you make a decision to change. And you've just got to start with small changes, just like, you know, I'm gonna turn my phone. I'm gonna put my phone down 10 minutes before bed instead of taking the phone to bed. Yeah, and a lot of people I've worked with, a part of their journey is buying an alarm clock so we get the phone out of the bedroom so we don't wake up turn it on and look at it straight away we don't go to bed with it in our hands like that's essentially the way that an addict behaves right is that every second of the day they're glued or looking for this input Um, and so we want to break that cycle because it also crosses over to sugar and uh, you know fast food and then you know it could even be like you know toxic relationships
0: how do you eat a healthy meal when you've got a phone in one hand you can't cut a steak with one hand. So,
1: <laughs> I just had a steak actually, and it was great.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> really, really fancy steak right
1: now. <laughs> oh, my house smells like it right now. I'm loving oh, so it.
0: You're just like Tom in Tom and Jerry when you float along on the, <laughs> the smell.
1: Totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, with your like business, you want to change the mindset around. Dieting and mm-hmm. restriction and yo-yo yep. dieting. Because let's face it, not just women, everybody at some point in their life has gone, oh, I'll do this diet. Cause they said that it'll get rid of 90 pounds in two weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then it doesn't because by the time that 90 day ends, you're absolutely starving. And then you eat a shitload of chocolate and you put it all <laughs> back on again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think like most people at least so I work gen, I work with all mums and all women and actually a few men as well but I, I focus on mums generally that are like 40 to 60 roughly um, and that's because by that age they've done enough fad diets and like quick fixes and 28 day challenges and 90 day yeah. things to know all right, I've tried to do it really fast and yes, I might have got a result for like the first few weeks or even the first two months or three months. And then when it was over, I gained not just the weight that I lost back, but a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've done that cycle for so many years that now they're seriously overweight or have got serious gut issues or whatever it might be. And so, for many people... like. When you talk to somebody in their 20s or 30s about this, they're kind of like, nah, I'm still going to go for the fast stuff. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm just kind of like, that's okay. You know where I've to find me. I've got to look good for you-
0: Saturday night
1: <laughs> Yeah, totally. But And when I hear that, like I, if somebody says to me when, when they're inquiring about my programs, I've got to look good for a wedding, I'm like, wrong program. This is, yeah. this is not how we do things, right? No. Um, and so, and whenever those people say that stuff, I just say, you know where to find me in a couple of years. I'll be yeah. here waiting, you well, know.
0: by 40, You've kind of, not everybody, but most people have raised the kids. The kids are now grown and Mm self-sufficient and your life has slowed down to where it was in your twenties and thirties. So you've got that time to focus on yourself and you can say, do you know what? I'm going to do this right this time because
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not being pulled in five different directions with the kids and the husband and, you know, work. I can... Take my time and I can actually focus on me, which is a strange concept for every woman.
1: Oh, totally. Which is why often people get to 50, 60, 70. My oldest client ever 75, and they're still in that pattern of of not giving themselves self-care, even if the kids moved out 20 years ago. Yeah. Because they've they've learned that pattern, right? And so um, yeah, by the time people get to me, they're usually like they've listened to podcasts or conversations like you and I are having Cass and they've real the, the penny has dropped that I have to do this slowly and I have to change my life. Not my diet. (laughs) my life. Um, And so, it's very unsexy for me to say, lose weight the slow way. But the way that I do things is we do a deep dive on your mindset and your psychology to rewire how you basically want to show up every day in the world, which then goes on to to include healthy habits, learning stress management tools. So, it's kind of like an identity shift. So, we we dive deep into the mindset to begin with and the emotional eating and the things driving those behaviors. And before we even talk about nutrition… And often, people start to see their results happen before we even talk about food at all um, (laughs) because they're starting to show up in the world as a slightly different person that actually develops some self-love or develops some self-respect. They're like, you know what? I'm going to stop punishing myself with this ice cream or yeah. I'm gonna stop you know drinking wine every night because I'm lonely and find something to do or people to hang out with to yeah. con- you know because connect- connections the thing I really want so and it's different for everyone we've got to do that investigation but I think that most of these situations as I said it earlier on everyone I've ever met knew what to eat they knew that yeah. meat vegetables fruit nuts and seeds were good and so the question always is that I kept finding is why don't I do it then and that's the bit that I really want to help people with
0: and i love that and do you know what my i think we're definitely gonna have to have you back on the show because i think we could just talk all day long
1: me too
0: i hope that i know there's going to be listeners out there that are struggling and have thought you know what i am so sick of putting on the way and looking after everybody else but not me so mm. tell my listeners where they can find you
1: yeah sure so um just like this amazing show, I also have a show as well uh, called How to Not Get Sick and Die. So, if you listen to podcasts, um, yeah, come and check it out. Spotify, Apple, all of the places. Um, so, How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. And then, yeah, my website, which you mentioned. So, just that's just Um, And if you are a mum and you want to get healthy, I've got a Facebook group called the Busy Mums Collective. So, just search for that on Facebook, answer the group entry questions and come and hang out
0: brilliant and I'm definitely going to be doing that and all of Matty's links are going to be in the show notes and on my social media pages so you can find him there so thank you so much for chatting with me today Matty But we well, we'll definitely have to do it again another day and have we've got so much more that we didn't get round to chatting about
1: I know right <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope you found my conversation with Matty as fascinating as I did he showed me the importance of looking after yourself in the right way and that although doctors are there to help you can't forget that they are just people too and they don't have all the answers so it might be worth getting your medical info doing a bit of research and finding what works for you we're all wonderful unique so it only makes sense that what works for one person may not work well for another but Matty is always there to help and if any of you have been struggling with dieting or healthy choices or your health go and check him out and you know have a chat with him see if he can help you all of Matty's links can be found on my social media pages which are Facebook at Podcast Official and Instagram and TikTok is at Podcast underscore Official if you've got a funny or inspiring story to share or you just want Yorkshire Girls advice please email me at officialpodcast at gmail.com Please leave a rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or a recommendation on my Facebook page as this helps my podcast to be heard by more people. But I've chewed your ear off in for this week. Watch out for the Billy Bullshitters and I'll talk to you soon on the next episode.